middle thing that binds us together. What, let's go on a little further, what is bonded with God's love? What are these two things on the, the other each side of God's love? You and me, of course. It's not me and that piano. I might say I love that piano. I might say I don't love that piano. That piano doesn't care. <laughs> Most important thing are, are people. God creates us to be humans, to be people, to be together with others. We're individuals coming together, which creates a community. And so we experience God's love in our own lives individually, but we also have to experience God's love as a community. Most everybody that's gone to church, any church for any length of time, for, through any tradition, would probably describe their own church as a very loving church. Every church that I have pastored, which is seven, has described themselves as a very loving church. Why doesn't everybody come here? I don't understand why they won't come here. We're a loving church. Yeah, it's a good question. Also, every church I have pastored, and I'll be very careful, including this one, has places in it where God's love is not evident within the church. Now, I'm the pastor of this church, proud to be the pastor of this church, and I can't think of a place in this moment, and I'm not thinking of anything, any problem that we have in this moment that, that, that I'm addressing. So, so let me describe one of my previous churches, who, when I was appointed there a couple of years before I became their pastor, there was a disagreement among the people of the church. So much so that, so that friends who had been friends for 50 years broke their friendship. These people who had been friends for 50 years, grew, they raised their children together in the church. Their children, some of their children fell in love with one another. Some of their children got married. Some of their children had children of their own. So now these people who've been, been friends for many years have grandchildren together. But they won't fellowship together anymore because of a disagreement over church. And when I was appointed to this church, you could feel the tension in the church as as. As, as this man walked down this aisle because he refused to, to walk down the aisle that the other man was in. And this woman over here, she walked past another woman with whom they have, had, had, had sat down for meal after meal after meal and they fellowshiped together with, with their, at their children's grand, at the baptisms and the, the graduations. But now they won't even speak with each other. They just walk past each other with their heads held high. And new people come to that church and they watch this kind of behavior. And I'm there as their pastor saying, come in, we're a very loving church. <laughs> Everybody in this church says we're a very loving church. I just don't like her right now. I just can't work with him anymore. And the people who are new coming into that environment feel the tension. And nobody has said anything. But those new people leave the church saying... Something just didn't feel right there. Every church says it's a loving church. But we've got to work at it. 
We've got to grow in this thing. We are people. What and who, it's not what God binds together, it's who God binds together. We're people. And we have to treat one another as God's chosen people. Love one another. And when we love one another with God's unconditional love, understanding, yes, we may have harsh words with one another. Let's make sure our witness to others is God's love. And let's make sure that when we, when we disagree with each other, we still respect each other. That's another word that we could use to describe God's unconditional love. Unconditional respect. I don't care if we disagree with each other, but let's respect each other. Let's honor each other. And we may even decide that we can't work together because what we're trying to accomplish are opposite things or the way we want to accomplish them won't work together. Okay, let's agree to do that, but let's still respect each other. This is not just true about churches. This is, about true, this is true about families, about marriages, about working relationships in the workplace. God binds people together. And so what is the end, the end goal of the bond that God has? Why is God putting these two things together? Why is God putting people together? What is, the, what is the end result that God wants? Maturity. Completeness. Wholeness. The Hebrew word is shalom. We call that also salvation. But it is so much more than just a academic or intellectual assent to say Jesus died on the cross to forgive my sins and I'm protected from hell. There is so much more to the wholeness than just that simple, narrow understanding. It is a life in community with the body of Christ. Growing each of us to maturity. Ripeness. Fulfillment. Completeness. I say ripeness of the Holy Spirit. We think of, think of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, generosity, self-control or self-discipline. Some translations take that word and say sound mind. How many of us are full of anxiety in our world today? How many of our younger generation are, are facing a, a world with with, with tremendous anxiety that keeps them from, from doing the work that God desires them to do. It keeps us sheltered inside our homes. It keeps us from, from having meaningful relationships. Just the, the sheer anxiety of the world. I'm afraid of this illness. I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid of missing out. Oh, i got so much anxiety. God does not intend for us to live with overwhelming anxiety. He wants us to be free to live and to love and to do, and to be. He wants us to be whole. That's salvation. And it, it, and, and it might begin with an awareness of Jesus Christ dying on the cross to forgive my sins so that I can get there, but it certainly doesn't stop there. And we must keep growing in it. That's why I said earlier in the service, make sure you're in a group of other people. Iron sharpens iron, says the Scripture. And John 
10, John 10, 10 says, Jesus explained that he is the good shepherd. And he says, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. And all who come before me, all who came before I came, were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Will be shalom. Peace. Wholeness. Complete. On this pathway to maturity. The fullness of what God created you to be. And remember this, that, that just as, and I say this so many times I get sick of saying it, just as an apple and an orange and a pineapple and a strawberry are all ripe, but none look alike, they don't smell alike, they don't taste alike, but they're all complete and whole according to the purpose for which God created them. God wants you to be complete and whole, fulfilling the purpose He created for you. And we're bound together to enjoy and to respect and to work together. And as a unit, we are the body of Christ in this world. The church. God's plan for the salvation of the world. There is no other plan that God has except through you and me. I didn't finish that verse. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give rich and satisfying life. Some other translations say is to give life and life abundantly. Forever. Here's some questions to consider. Are you experiencing this kind of love? From God? Or are you fearful of God's anger, wrath? Is there anything in your life that, that, that you're saying, oh, I can't show that to God? I got bad news for you. I got good news for you. He already knows. And He's already forgiven you. I have an illustration. Let's see. Did I keep that illustration? <laughs> no, I don't think I did. I didn't put it in. Well, let me put it in. See if I can get it right. Going from memory here. That's always scary. Husband and wife have been married for many years. Twenty years ago, the wife had an affair that she hid from her husband. Never told him. Until finally one day she got the courage to tell him. After, after having gone to a counselor and the counselor saying, I, I think you need to tell this to your husband. And the, the counselor even admitted that, that he doesn't always give that advice because sometimes it can cause more damage than is necessary in the relationship. But... The counselor was confident. He knew the husband and knew how the husband would respond. And so he said, you need to tell your husband this news. When she finally got the nerve to tell him, the husband responded. I've known that for 20 years. And I have already forgiven you 20 years ago. 
And she said, you mean I've been carrying this guilt for 20 years and I could have let it go 20 years ago? Yeah. Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive us our sins, all our sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. So live a life of a person who is forgiven. Live that life that God wants you to live, moving towards every day the fulfillment of who God wants you to be in Christ Jesus. And it's not always going to look like, yes, there are going to be similarities with this love. And we're going to see the fruit of the Spirit in these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. But we're not all going to look alike or smell alike or talk alike. We all can love alike. Are you experiencing this in your life? Are you experiencing this oneness with God? Do you sense anything in your life that would cause God to hesitate to welcome you? He will always welcome you. Let's take a, from, think about our relationships beyond just me and God or you and God and go this way. And is there anybody with whom you cannot share this unconditional love? A preacher once said, A hundred pianos all tuned to the same tuning fork are automatically tuned to one another. We have to be tuned to Jesus Christ. He's he's the mark for us. If we start looking at even our brothers and sisters in Christ and saying, I've got to be, I have to be like Pastor Vaughn. I've got to be like Darren. I've got to be like Sharon. We're going to miss the mark because God didn't create me to be like Vaughn, Darren, or Sharon. God created me to be me. But in order to do that, I've got to know Jesus Christ and to become like Him. And through Him, I'll be the best me that I can be. There was a, a woman who had a... She and her husband were missionaries for many years and it was tough missionary task that they were on. And so they, they got to the point in their season, in their career, where they came home on furlough and she was looking forward to, to having a home of her own <laughs> without the pressures of the mission field. So they arranged for them to live in a, in a, a townhouse-type apartment, and she, she made the back patio the centerpiece of her home, and she was so proud. It was such a comforting space. And then one day neighbors moved in, and they were coarse, she said that they, the, 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 their language was rough. There was daily a, a string of profanities coming over the fence. She saw them urinating in the front yard in daylight. They were rude. They were coarse. One day she came home from work and her beautiful back patio was covered with orange spray paint. The neighbor children had ruined it. In her anger, she said, God, how can I love these people? I can't love these people. I hate them. And God sent a Bible verse to her mind. Remember the Bible verse that God sent to the woman at Ellesmere? Psalm 91. 
Sometimes God, God convicts us with these things. And this is the Bible verse that God sent to this woman. It's the verse that we read today. Beyond all these things, <laughs> put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The, the, the missionary wife said, God, I don't know how to do this. But God gave her an insight and said, how about you make a list of the things that you would do if you could show this kind of love to them. So she began making a list of these things and then she decided to put on that love. She found it within herself to do that. She, and I'm sure it took time, it took prayer. God, look at this list. How can I do this to, with, with these people genuinely and, 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 and honestly and with a good heart? Help me. That's an inward change in her own mind and heart. She finally got to the point when she did, and she could. She started baking cookies for them. See what else she did? I'm up in the notes. (laughs) She baked cookies. She offered to babysit for free. She invited the mother over for coffee. And she says the most beautiful thing happened. She began to know and understand them. She began to see that they were living under tremendous pressures. She began to love her enemies. It was not a love of emotion. It was a love of action. But then the emotions came. Sometimes we have to go that way with things. So she did good to them. She lent to them without expecting anything in back. And the day came when that family finally moved on. And she cried. (laughs) An unnatural, unconventional love had gripped her. It was a supernatural love. It was a love that comes from God. That He binds us together with. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. My invitation to you this morning is to to come and kneel perhaps and pray. Maybe you need to confess to God your own resistance to letting God's love come into you fully and freely. Maybe you've been thinking, God, there's this thing in my life that I know you hate. Yep, good. Name it. Let it go. Open your hands and say, Jesus, come. I want that full life that you promised to me. Maybe there's a person that's come to your mind that you have had a very difficult time showing God's love too. Can you bring that to the altar and lay that person before God and say, God, I can't deal with this person. You deal with this person, but you help me show your love to this person. I don't even know how to do that, God, but I'm going to listen, God, and I will follow when you tell me. I will do that. Let's stand together as we pray. Heavenly Father, 
First of all, I want to thank you for your great love that you give to us and to our families. That when every one of us is born, and it does not matter the circumstances that create life for each of us. It doesn't matter. Every human being is created and you love that person. every moment of every day of our lives. And God, I confess the times when I have failed to live with your love between me and someone else. Forgive my hard heart, Jesus. And open me up, soften my heart to be willing to love others as you love others. Jesus, for any here today who are are afraid of you, who are convinced that you do not love them, I ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon them. Soften their heart. Maybe it won't happen today, but one day they'll trust in you fully, freely. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. As we think about coming to pray today, whether you're in the building or whether you're worshiping online at home, Pastor was talking about peace, about shalom. We've talked about a little bit about the Chosen series that, that we've been watching and many of you probably have. And the typical greeting from one to another is shalom. But occasionally they will greet each other with shalom, shalom. So I wondered what that meant. So after doing a little research on it, it didn't just mean, I really want you to have a lot of peace. Shalom, shalom means perfect peace. There's a benediction in the book of Numbers that we sing about from time to time, and we're going to in a minute. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. And it's really difficult for us to hate someone when we're looking them in the eyes and singing that song. So today, as we think about the response to this, again, whether you're at home or whether you're here, the altar is open, there are folks at the prayer stations, let's just worship the Lord and let's come and pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
God, we thank you for your favor. We thank you for your peace. We thank you, God, for the love that you showed us. The love that in turn you've given to us. So that we might give it away to other people. So that above all, we clothe ourselves with love. Which draws us together in perfect harmony. Lord, as we go today, we pray you would encourage us with those words. Maybe there's somebody that we need to meet with this week outside of this building. Maybe there's somebody inside this building. God, would you show us those people and make those divine appointments so that we might move in your spirit and we might make those things right. God, as we go today, send your spirit with us. We're going to continue to worship here for a few minutes. When you need to go, you can go. The altar is still open. Prayer stations are still open. We encourage you to to stop and pray. If you're online, there will be folks available to pray with you for a few more minutes. God bless you.